The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, guys? We are back on the Talk in the Draft podcast. Yes, the draft is over, but we are not done talking the 2020 NFL Draft and the Dallas Cowboys, and that's what we're going to be doing today is we have two Dallas Cowboys players on the podcast to talk to the Talk in the Draft podcast and give their stories. We're going to be talking a third-round pick, Neville Gallimore, the Oklahoma defense alignment. He was the 82nd overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. And then later in the episode, we're going to be joined by Reggie Robinson, Tulsa cornerback, the Cowboys' fourth-round pick. And we are very excited to have both of those guys on the show. Let's dive into our first interview with Neville Gallimore. Here he is. Neville, how's it going, man? How are you? How's it going well, man? How about yourself? Oh, we're doing great. I know RJ's doing good. He's posted up. Uh, I know you got a you got a lot of things going on. So we're gonna dive right in, man. How has this last few months been for you? I know it's been a crazy, crazy last few months with the coronavirus kind of taking over the world. But how have you handled these last few months uh, leading up to the draft? I mean, you know, I feel like this is probably the any any uh, guy who has an opportunity, you know, to potentially get uh, picked up NFL team those. Those three, four months, you know, starting with January, obviously, like, the most hectic, the most stressful. You got a lot a lot of stuff going on just in terms of, you know, the media meetings and then still trying to focus on the main thing, which is, you know, playing football and, you know, making sure you're in the best shape, you know, the most appealing to these coaches. So, I mean, it, it definitely uh, had its ups, obviously, but it also had its downs as well. But, you know, I mean, I feel like that's just a part of it. Yeah, you started off, you know, you went to the Senior Bowl, you went to the Combine, and nothing was really changed from that point. Everything was kind of still, you know, the, the same as it always has been. Um, right after the Combine, it kind of changed. Uh, everything kind of started breaking down at that point. What was the contact level that you had with the Cowboys throughout this offseason, and then maybe how did it change after things started, you know, slowing down as the world started to change a little bit? I mean, we definitely were, were in contact. I feel like... Uh... Um, the Cowboys are actually more contact with, you know, my my coach, you know, my D-line coach. Um, again, it was just funny how things work. I always said, you know, I would love to, you know, to to live, you know, in the Dallas-Frisco area. I've been really preaching that heavily since 
um, last summer when I, I came to Frisco because my cousin's out here. And then, you know, just fast-forwarding to be able to train out here for the last three, four months and then, you know, to get in that opportunity. So it's really, you know, everything uh, worked out. It was like the stars aligned. Well, that's an awesome pun, Neville. Great job there. Uh, obviously, you know, you're, you're thrilled with what happened and whatnot. And I know you said that your coaches and everybody were kind of the people having conversations. Was there anybody that you did talk to, whether it's guys from Oklahoma that were in the NFL, maybe Gerald McCoy, I don't know, but were, were there veterans in the NFL that you just, you hit up and said, what's the process like? Just because there was so much ambiguity going into this year specifically. Sure. You know, the great thing is, you know, coming from a school like Oklahoma, there's always there's been like, you know, every year there's always a guy that's getting an opportunity to play the next level. So, you know, speaking to guys like, you know, Oboe Cronko, you know, you talk to guys like Jordan Nevis, you know, those are my guys, you know, Orlando Brown, Bobby Evans, Cody Ford, you know, Juicy Mia, Ben Powers, you know, all the guys that I came up to. We You know, we came in together, you know, I got to play, you know, side by side. And just to see those guys um, um, excel, you know, you have no choice but to ask if you have aspirations. And, you know, everybody had their own own story and own, own aspect of it. But it was just, they're all pretty similar, you know, just in terms of, you know, just as long as you have the right mental mindset, you know, and, and you love the game of football, you know, just allow everything to take care of itself. Obviously, they understand it's a business, but they just kind of let it be known, you know, you if you make it or when you make it that far, it's because, you know, you love the game. Yeah, you you've mentioned a lot of the guys who've been drafted out of Oklahoma, and it's it's kind of funny because no matter where these guys get drafted, they always seem to pan out. And I'm sure that that's a you know credit to the coaching staff and developmental uh, traits that the Oklahoma Sooners have as a football program. What do you kind of credit the success of the Oklahoma football program putting guys into the pros? What 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 do you look at and go, man, that that's the reason that we're so successful as a program, getting guys to the league and then having them success in the NFL. Um, you know, just because I feel like it, it preps you for not only you know on the field, but, but life after, you know, I knew very, fairly, very quickly, you know, from the moment I stepped foot on campus that it was going to be a, the transition, the transition, you know, it was going to take a lot out of me, not from a physical standpoint, but from a mental standpoint. And then, I mean, I, I love Oklahoma because it just goes, um, it just shows, you know, if you trust the process and, you, and you're willing to not cheat, you know, the process, you, you can see results, you know, and the thing about Oklahoma, just the environment, you know, the connection, just the, the tradition, though, it, it puts guys in a position to be successful, but it also um, it gives you or shows you that you know you got to earn it yourself. But when you do, you know the rest kind of takes care of itself. Well, shout out to the Sooners. I went to Texas A&M, Neville, so I hate those people in Austin <laughs> just like you do. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, who have you talked to on the Cowboys so far? I mean, we saw Tyrone Crawford reached out to you. I know you guys have uh, uh, your fellow countrymen. Uh, who who all has, has reached out to you at this point in time? You know, head coach, Coach McCarthy, you know, the D-line, assistant D-line coach. Really, you know, uh, player development. Really, you know, the just, uh, you know, like the core, the core guy so far, obviously it's been a little difficult. Um, just because of what's going on, but those are the guys I've been in contact with. You know, the guys like Jeremy McCoy as well. Obviously, uh, as you know, as things you know, hopefully start to you know slow down, or just in terms of this uh, the COVID, and we're able to actually you know meet and do stuff. You know, I'll be able to be in more contact with the guys. 
Yeah, and I'm curious because when you came into Oklahoma, you you were a little bit bigger than you are right now. Um, you dropped some weight over the last few years to kind of play a little bit different role on the defense. Um, we're still trying to figure out as media members how this Cowboy defense is going to look. Where you know it's a new defensive coordinator and Mike Nolan, uh, Leon Lett's still there as a defensive line coach, but it's it's a lot of moving parts. Um, what what did they kind of see you as being in that defense? More of a under tackle three technique, a guy that can play some of that nose tackle as well. With the talks with the Cowboys, what did they see you as in this upcoming defense? I mean, it's still up in the air, right, because, you know, I haven't really had an opportunity to really dig too deep into it. All I've been able to do is just really trying to make sure I'm in the best shape physically um, and just going on from that standpoint. Um, so, again, I'm just taking it day by day, and hopefully, you know, once we get into, as you know, more information starts to reveal itself, you know, I can uh, – really find out what exactly uh, the expectation or what they want from me. But as of right now, it's still uh, up in the air. Where do you see yourself having the biggest impact in this defense? Like, where do you think that you kind of fit in best with your play style, body type, you know, things of that nature? You know, interior, definitely interior. You know, whether it be a three-tech or nose, I feel like I can thrive, be successful. It's just, you know, what they want me to do, how they want me to do it. You know, and and it goes from there. You know, and then just working on those things, the technique, everything, and just making sure I'm, I'm locked in from that standpoint. So Neville, you're coming from a program with a lot of history. You mentioned kind of the the bloodlines of the NFL. You're joining a team that has a very rich history in the Dallas Cowboys. We have a show on our podcast network uh, that's called the Seven Five Zero with Tony Casillas, who former Cowboys defensive tackle, former Oklahoma Sooner, wore number seventy five with the Cowboys. You've been issued number seventy five. Do you have any familiarity with Tony Casillas, whether from OU, from from the Cowboys? I mean, or or you just you know maybe you uh you know you got whatever else going on. Um, yeah, you know, again, I'm I'm still trying to eliminate the the you know the uh, whole uh, stigma of just being a Canadian. But you know, I <laughs> sure, definitely sure. I've been I've been blessed with you know Tony because he reached out to me. You know, I'm doing my best right now to just do all the research I can. You know, just even Mr. Haley reached out to me, and it, it's it's great because you know I, I had an understanding of the kind of environment or tradition I'm walking into. But you know, every day is just. It's more information that's needed for me to understand, again, just how big of a deal uh, it is. I know it's only been about a week since you've been drafted. Have you uh, gotten the dose of how insane Cowboys Nation is as a fan base yet? Definitely got a dose. Of, uh, <laughs> just like uh, just a little touch of how, you know, how, pre- how committed Dallas fans are. And, it, and it's, it's a great feeling. You know, it, it's great. But, again, you know, I, I can't get caught up in the moment because, one, I haven't really done anything. You know, I do what I'm supposed to do and take that next step. You know, I understand that even more is going to come with it, but definitely, has been a lot of support um, throughout this whole process. Did, did you and CD have any connection? Obviously, you guys coming from Oklahoma together, uh, experiencing Cowboys fans in their rabid nature. I mean, did, did you guys talk and, and sort of discuss the fan base or, or anything, any part of the journey that you're taking together? Um. I haven't really spoken to him too heavily since I can understand it. It's crazy for the both of us, but I mean, you know, we we always spoke. Uh, we spoke quite a few times. I lied just in the locker room, in the locker room together. But I understand, like, you know, as crazy it is for me, I know it's like ten times that, you know, just being in the position that he's in. But I I, I anticipate that we're going to chop it up even more, and you know, 
But as of right now, you know, again, we understand we're both going through this process. And even then, with this, all this stuff happening, it's definitely uh, kind of made it a little bit more complicated. We talked a little bit about your position fit and kind of where you see yourself fitting and potentially where the Cowboys coaches staff sees you fitting. Um, talk a little bit about the guys who maybe didn't sit down and watch a lot of your film. You know, we tried to do our, our job over at Blogging the Boys, breaking that down for folks. But for people who haven't seen you play, what are they going to get into Vel Gallimore? Going to get, you know, higher for a guy, a guy who can rush the passer. Guy who's a playmaker. They're going to see a guy who, who's hungry and, you know, somebody that's going to, be out to go and get it, you know. Again, you know, a guy that's prides himself of being a jack of all trades and being able to be effective in the run game and just as effective in pass rush. But a high energy guy, you know, a guy who doesn't really, again, is not looking for the limelight, you know, just looking to do the dirty work and play football. A guy who loves the game. That's pretty much it. You mentioned being a jack of all trades. I heard a rumor that you do some incredible voice impersonations. Is this true? Um, and and wh- wh- that's that's what I heard, that you can do some great voiceover work, that you could be like a like a Pixar character narrator, like that, that you could have a career. Really? Is that true? Yeah. I, I, I haven't heard anybody uh, tell me that. Or not that I remember. Um, oh, I, always, uh, I mean, the only thing that I've said is that I think I should be the next Allstate guy. That's pretty <laughs> much it. But I don't... I don't Wow, that's. If, I hope you're not making it up. If you are, I appreciate that compliment. Well, so the the rumor was uh, came from Jessica Cootie from Sooners TV, and she said that you did a lot of great voiceover work for them when they did some sort of project or something. And uh, she said that you know you you would be really great at that. I don't know. I mean, you said you wanted to really? be an Allstate uh, guy. I mean, you're a cowboy now, dude. I mean, you can get all kinds of commercials. I mean, we can figure yeah, this out. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm for it. Why well, I, I don't even. Okay, it must have been a, a little while. It's been a minute, but yes, I, I did. Uh, was able to do a couple, a few of the voiceovers for the 2018 season, and I mean, it sounded pretty legit. I mean, I, I'm definitely for it. You know, I, I don't gotta show my face. I just gotta. I can get paid for using my voice. I don't mind it at all. What, what did you do? And and can you replicate it for us? It's really not. It wasn't really anything crazy that I did. It was just you know I I had a. Um, some words or something that was specified. I, I really just talk like it's, it's how you're uh, hearing it right now. <laughs> Unless there's something, there's another video that she hasn't, but I don't remember doing a, uh, a different you, kind of voice you, except for it. You know, you have to take this to Jerry now, right? And be like, look, you know, hey, I'm I'm, I'm here and I'm ready to start making this off the field money too with the with the the game check. So there's a good uh yeah there, there's a good backup backup gig as well. Um, Man, I wanted to talk a little bit before we get you out of here. I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know you're super busy, but, uh, you know, I, I know you grew up in Canada. Um, you went to high school in Canada. What? How did you end up in the United States, and how did you end up at Oklahoma? Because Canadian football, you know, it, it's a tough sport in Canada, uh, Canada, excuse me, and, you know, there's a lot of guys in the NFL that come out of Canada. Um, but going to a big school like Oklahoma and then getting drafted uh, at the pick that you did, you know, that's kind of a, a rare feat for someone who doesn't grow up in the Texas or Florida or Georgia areas. Kind of just talk about your, your childhood, your high school years growing up, and uh, what led you to Oklahoma as a, as a younger teenager. Um, I mean, you know, just really since the ninth grade is when I had that you know, dream of playing um, at the University of Oklahoma. And it, it really just kind of translated, transferred over. 
um, to when I got that offer um, my senior year. But OU's always been a, one of the schools that I'm in. If I ever got an opportunity, I would love to be a part of it. Um, again, I just literally was just um, at home back in Ottawa watching uh, the ESPN All Access with my, my friends and stuff. So, And then, you, you know, again, my friends, sorry. Oh no! I was I was just gonna say you've um you've done a lot of interviews, uh, obviously, and we very much appreciate you taking the time. What's what's one question you've been hoping to be asked that you haven't yet? Um, yeah, we're we're trying to make you think. One question, like from who? From anyone? Like you, you? I know you've sat down, you've done all sorts of things, and you've been. I have to imagine there's a question you enjoy answering. I, I know that there are some that you probably don't. None of the ones we have asked, I imagine, are, are ones you don't like <laughs> answering, of course. But I mean, there's there's got to be like something you like talking about. You know, so maybe telling a story about your life, about growing up. What's what's something you enjoy in that capacity? Really, I'm always enjoy talking about like my family, my my parents, and my brothers. If you if you if you're if you're if that's well that's not a question but that's like a, I guess a comment or a statement but if you're talking like that if anybody asks me about my my family you know my brothers you know stuff like that I guess I heard a rumor that you were a big big fan of Jamaican food is that true Yeah I'm yeah but I mean I, I'm Jamaican so I mean my both my parents are Jamaican so I was a Canadian basically living in the Jamaica home. <laughs> What's your favorite? What's your favorite type of Jamaican food? Anything my mom cooks. Okay, is my favorite. But she, what's off the rip, I'd say it's called Akian sawfish and, and fried dumpling. Is my and that's kind. Of, I think that's the national dish. Akian sawfish. You uh, you're not far off, or haven't been in Norman. Have you? You're a Whataburger guy. I mean, because now now you're going to be surrounded by them um, in Frisco. <laughs> Uh, nah, I mean, I like Whataburger. I mean, it's not like a gotta have it. Whoa. I don't really, I don't really have a fast food spot that's like gotta have it, but I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy fast food. What's your gotta have thing then? Something that's readily available that you can go out and get, you know, in normal times. I mean, okay, then what I, my gotta have it, I can't even get it. And like I said, like I tell you, my mom, so really I'm not, I'm not. I'm not picky. I mean, I guess I'm a sucker for good pizza. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I guess you got to start liking barbecue right now that you're in you're in Texas. Yeah, but I mean, I went to Oklahoma, right? And I've always I've been going back and forth to Texas since sure for the past five six years. So I'm kind of I'm used to. Sure, sure. All right, I got one last question for you, and then we'll get you out of here. Um, what? You know, we talked about your style of play. We talked about your your background, kind of where you came from. For the closing, give Cowboys Nation a snapshot of Neville Gallimore, the player, the guy off the field, the guy away from football. Just a closing snapshot of Neville Gallimore, the person, the player, all of that. You know, again, on the field, you're going to find a guy who's hungry, a guy who loves the game, a guy who's passionate. But then you're also off the field, again, a, a, a person that you want to be around, you know, a guy who. He has a great sense of humor, you know, a guy who, again, extremely humble, a guy that doesn't take this game for granted. But that, that's uh, pretty much it, you know. I'm, I'm the kind of guy you, you love to be around. It's just kind of, you know, just appreciative, you know. 
like to smile. Some people sometimes will say I kind of have like a uh, an angry face, but I don't think I'm ever really just angry. If I ever have a serious face, it's probably just I got a lot on my mind and I, I'm thinking. But other than that, you know, a, a great a great guy to be around. Neville, thanks so much, man. That was a lot of fun. This was uh, Neville Gallimore, Cowboys third round pick. Neville's third round pick. He was uh, uh, drafted a lot lower than I thought he would go. My 32nd ranked player on my board. Uh, I was about as I was probably more nervous than he was when the Cowboys were on the clock at 51, hoping they take him there. I was ready to take him at at 17 as well. So uh, we really appreciate your time, Neville, and hopefully we can talk again soon. The closer we get to this season, hopefully. Yes, yeah, sounds good. Thanks so much, Neville. This was talking the draft. Connor Livesy, RJ Ochoa coming at you, blogging the boys. We'll see you guys next time. This is talking the draft. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge—that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. That was fantastic stuff from Neville Gallimore, the Cowboys' third-round pick. Uh, He's going to play a major role in the Cowboys' defensive line this year. Uh, Has a ton of upside. He brings a ton of uh, character to the table. Just a really good player on the field, really great player off the field. We're excited to see what he does wearing the star. Doesn't have to travel far from home as he's been in Oklahoma the last few years. Uh, Played under Lincoln Riley at the University of Oklahoma. So we are excited to see what he does with this defensive line. Uh, Beside guys like Gerald McCoy, Don Terry Poe, Antoine Woods, Tristan Hill. There's going to be a ton of guys on that interior battling it out. And Neville Gallimore has... Uh, a ton of upside there to uh, make a difference for the Cowboys defense line in 2020 and the near future. But let's get on to our second interview of the day with fourth round pick cornerback out of Tulsa, Reggie Robinson. Reggie is a very, very exciting player. A ton of upside there as well. Athletic traits, physical traits. He's got it all. Uh, The Cowboys got a really good player in the fourth round in Reggie Robinson, and we are excited to be joined by, by him on the podcast today. So let's dive into our second interview of the show. Welcome, Reggie Robinson, Tulsa cornerback, Cowboys fourth-round pick. Reggie, man, how you doing today? I'm good. How about you? We are doing great. We got myself, Dalton Miller, on the call today. He wasn't on our first podcast, but he's back with us today. So uh, 
We are excited to talk to Reggie Robinson, the Cowboys' fourth-round corner out of Tulsa. Reggie, I wanted to start off, take us through draft day. Um, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you were the first pick of the Cowboys had on Saturday, that fourth-round pick. Um, take us through that, that, that day for you. I know it had been a roller coaster of emotions, uh, kind of just sitting by the phone, uh, who you were with, what your plans were for that day. Just take us through the day you got that call and, and, and what you had uh, planned for that day. So, for the draft, like people were asking me what all these things I was going to do, and I just told them it was going to be something small. It was really just me and my immediate family, my mom, dad, and my sister. So the first day I watched the draft just because, like, it was like one of those things where I was like, "That's interesting. I want to see who's going in the first round." And like my parents, like we were watching that like together. And then the second day, like I wasn't planning on watching it, but uh, my agent told me to sit by the phone just in case. So I watched that. Nothing happened. I was like, "All right, that's it's whatever." I got anxious from that. So um, the third day, like, when the draft started, like, I was watching it until, like, like, like a couple picks in. I was like, I can't do this. I'm stressing myself out. <laughs> so I turned the TV, like, I turned the TV just, like, just watching regular TV. I'm just sitting on the couch. I have my phone right there. And the next thing I know, like, my phone starts ringing. And um, it's a lady who uh, ends up giving the phone to Jerry. And then that's how it happened about that. Like, I'm in a different room than my parents do because they were watching it. And I just didn't want to keep stressing myself out about who's going to pick me if I even get picked in this round. So I'm curious from a outside perspective, a player like yourself, who you know you're – I mean, I say you know, but you, you're pretty positive you're going to be drafted. Um, you know, you're pretty positive you're going to be drafted, uh, you know, inside those four rounds. What do – you, do you watch the first two days of the draft? You know, like what are your feelings on those first two days of the draft when you're like you, – you, you expect your name to get called, but it didn't happen until early, you know, day three – just take us through kind of like the feelings that are, you know, obviously you, you know, maybe you don't see yourself as a first round player. I'm sure you do, but you know, the way the draft works out, um, just kind of take us through how your ups and downs of those emotions. When I know you said you kind of had to flip the channel over, um, but when you get that phone call, it had to have been, you know, you kind of forget about all those lows. You kind of remember all the highs at that point, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, with that, I, I knew I wasn't a, a first rounder. And then even the second day, I've, I've heard, like, only, like, minimal chatter of me going, like, late third round. Right. So I wasn't, like, like, my mindset going into the draft week was, like, day three is going to be my day. Like, that's the day I really, like, focus on, like, have my phone near me. But um, the the beginning of day two, like my like I said, my agent, he had told me, like, that um, I might sneak in late uh, third round. So that, like, so that switched up my whole mindset. I was like, oh, man, I have a chance. So that, like, kind of got me excited and got me anxious. But then when it didn't get called, like, I was kind of bummed out. But I was, like, I already knew going into, like, this whole draft week that I was a day three guy because, like, all the scouts and NFL teams told me that they had, like, a fourth-round grade on me. So, like, that, like, like I kind of, like, set myself up for day two. But, like, it was really just, like, I knew day three was the day I was going to go. And then, like, after getting my name called that early, too, like, I was like, man, finally, it's over. <laughs> I'm here. I'm going to say I finally got drafted. <laughs> We've talked to some guys that are uh, that they go after day three or, or UDFA. They get phone calls, you know, all the way through day three, kind of saying, "Hey, you might go here. We might take you." Were you getting calls, or 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 do you get calls um, from teams that are saying, "Like, hey, we're we're thinking about taking you here in round three if the board falls this way," um, or is it just more communication with your agent up until the, the time you're drafted? I see. So, uh, how my situation went 
Like, um, after I didn't get drafted on day two, like, I, I texted my agent, he texted me, like, he was like, man, I apologize, man, all that stuff. So, when it came to day three, like, I got the phone call from the Cowboys, and then he texted me, like, after I got the phone with them, he was like, like no, actually, he called me after I got the phone with them, he was like, man, I knew, I knew they were about to pick you up 10 minutes before the call, but I didn't want to get your hopes up and, like, <laughs> like all right, man, give me this point, like, the day before, or, yeah, the day before. So, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, he had to call, but, like, for the most part, no, I didn't have any other calls. I was about to say, he was, like, really handling all that, and then it happened. That's so funny because hearing you talk about, you know, I see myself as a day three guy, you know, I, I knew I probably wasn't going to go on day one or day two. That doesn't really resemble your tape because you play so confident and so aggressive on tape that, you know, I, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's cool to hear you say that, you know, like, yeah, you know, I kind of saw myself as that day three guy where I think even myself and Dalton kind of had you pegged in that third round. We probably had you graded a little bit higher than maybe even you did. So that's, that's kind of cool to hear your inside perspective on it. But uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about your interactions with the Cowboys leading up to the draft. Um, it was actually something that a lot of guys like me and Dalton who cover the team, we were very curious of, are the Cowboys interested in Reggie Robinson? Because he fits their size profile. He's, you know, he's such a good athlete. Like They need corners. He fits everything that they're kind of looking for. But we didn't hear a lot of the interactions between you and the Cowboys. Were, were there much discussions between you and your representatives and the Cowboys leading up to the draft? Uh, actually, about that. Uh, so, like, I've been here, like, since I was in college at Tulsa, like, my position coach, I guess he had been, like, close with the uh, Cowboys. And, like, he um, he said that, like, they showed interest in me, like, even up to, like, my, I think, like, my sophomore, junior year. Wow. So, like, when it came to this off season, like, I probably heard from him, like, one time. And I was just, like, kind of, like, one of those things where, like, like they just happened, like, to end up, like, in, like, being around me. Um, so, like, I heard from him maybe, like, once through this whole off season process. Like, they, and, like, my um, position coach, he always told me, like, yeah, man, they're really high. He's always talking to me about you and stuff like that. And I'm, like, really? Because, like, <laughs> I've, I've had, like, no contact with them, like, this whole, like, uh, pre-draft, like, thing. I was, like. Like, I believe because I was like, I don't know, he, he wouldn't lie to me, but I was like, eh, I'm not really seeing it myself because, like, there's so many other teams like, talking to me and, like, putting, like, all this time. So, I was like, so that, see that happen, I was like, oh, I guess he was right. I guess they were just kind of, like, playing their cards low by letting people know. Yeah. Um. So, what teams did you talk to the most throughout the process? Because uh, I know the story was kind of the same for a couple of the other Cowboys draftees. You know, usually in a non-pandemic world, you know, they have guys come in on, on 30 visits um, and Dallas days. So they get to have the, this real tight, intimate knowledge. And we can usually get a good idea of who they're drafting off of who they bring into Dallas. Um, but this was a, a little bit different. What teams did you get to do any any pre-draft visits uh, before all of this broke out? Um, and then also, you know, what teams reached out the most? Uh, actually, I was I had a visit set up, but then like the, the uh, pandemic happened, so it ended up getting canceled. But um, yeah, but see, the teams that reached out to me the most, I can say was um was the Panthers. They're, I felt like they were really high on me. I honestly thought they were going to be the ones to pick me up. Uh, the Raiders were pretty high on me. Um, I said the Bears hit me up. Um, then Saints a little bit too. But I about to say, with all that being said, I about to say they weren't the ones that got me. So I was like, all right. <laughs> do you, do you have that kind of stick it to them attitude that a lot of guys that 
they get drafted, you know, maybe a little bit later than they expected. Do you have that kind of attitude that you're going to make those 31 teams, uh, you know, pay for not spending that pick on you? Oh, yeah, I was about to say, definitely. I was about to say, I was like, um, so, you know, I said, um, like, the Panthers, like, they were really talking to me and stuff like that. And then I saw, like, one of my homeboys get drafted, which, congrats to him. I was like, okay. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, like the more the more you see like other corners get drafted in front of you, it just it just gets higher and higher. Like, all right. <laughs> so, it's one of those things I'm um, carrying. Sure. Yeah. So uh, you you said that the the Saints talked to you a little bit. I I see you were born in Louisiana, but I had to bring it up, and I figured I would just bring it up now and get it out of the way. <laughs> Your bio at Tulsa says that you are a Saints fan. I mean, obviously now you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what was it like growing up in the in the DFW area? You know, a little bit south of Fort Worth there, um, in Cleburne. Uh, what what was it like growing up and not being a Cowboys fan? Or were there a lot of Saints fans down in Cleburne? Oh no, there was no Saints fans. No. <laughs> I was at all my friends. <laughs> I was at all my friends. Everyone I know were. Uh, were Cowboys fans for the most part. I had a couple friends who were like a Packers fan, and then one was a, a Broncos fan. But everybody was a Cowboys fan. I was I couldn't go nowhere. Like if the Saints lost to the uh, Cowboys, I'm, I was hearing about it. I'll say yeah. My even my best friend, he's a Dallas Cowboys fan, so he was he was extra hyped when I got drafted by them. He said he spoke into existence. But um, yeah, I was about to say there was there was there was no Saints fans here. I was the only one. Even my family were Steelers fans. So. <laughs> I hate, to, I hate to go back to kind of what we were on a second ago, but, um, you know, I'm curious. So, you, you know, you said your interactions with the Cowboys were brief throughout the, uh, throughout the offseason. Did, did you talk to a coach on the time that you did talk to him, or was it a scout? Was it a front office member? Who, who did you talk to when you did get uh, communication with them throughout the offseason? See, I can't even remember. I think it, I think it was probably a scout because I think it was either at, I think it was either at the uh, Reese's Senior Bowl or a Combine. Gotcha. But I mean, like, like I'm saying, like it was brief. I brief, can't remember yeah. it. Um, so I mean, obviously, after being drafted, I'm sure you've had more conversations with people. You've probably been in constant contact. What have the conversations with been like? Are you talking to more of the positional coaches now? Are you talking to more of the? Are you still talking to the scouts? Like, what's your conversations now with the Cowboys like now that you've already been drafted by the team? I would say so. Uh, after I got drafted. Um, one of my new position coaches, like he, he had called me. He was just talking to me, getting to know me better, and stuff like that. And it was something small. And he was just telling me like I need to be ready for when a time comes. So, um, so basically, like Coach uh, Maurice Linguist, I think that's uh, his name. Yep. To call him yep. Coach Miller. Yeah. He um, and he was just he called me right afterwards, and he was just talking to me about some things. And since then, like I've been, so it's been like kind of like some other people trying to get like everything set up because you know how the time is right now. No one's like really knowing like what's going on. So. Uh, like right now, I'm currently just like waiting on my playbook. <laughs> gotcha. Now, have they? I guess. I mean, I know you said that those conversations were brief too, but I feel like I have to ask this question: Have they talked to you at all about what they kind of see you doing? There's been some speculation that they might see you playing some safety this year as well as corner. Have you heard that at all? And if not, what are the role they kind of see you playing this year? Um. See, I have like I've heard chatter from like everywhere. So like. We go on the internet. You see me. They put me in like a uh, corner safety. Um, me, I don't know. They haven't like told me specifically what I would play. But I mean, in the situation, I'm about to say I'm I'm ready to play either one. Um, whatever gets me on the field, honestly. So if they need me at safety, I play safety. But 
court. I know they just wanted somebody who would like big and physical like me and like to play uh, man coverage. So I can see that corner, or I have like the speed and size and willingness to tackle. So I can see that safety too. So it just it really just depends what they put me at, what they think I'm best fit for them. So I'm ready for either one. Yeah, and talk about getting on the field. Um, I, I see. And I, I saw this. I knew this before the draft, and it was something that really excited me about you. The uh, the kick blocks. Um, yep. What position were you at? Uh, were you on the edge when you were blocking kicks? Uh, does the ability to get off the line quickly? I know that you were, a, I think, a ten six eight guy in the one hundred yard. You obviously ran well in the forty. Um, is that something that you just have good snap anticipation? Um, you you take better angles. You know how, how do you do so well at, at blocking kicks? Um. So what's that like? I'm gonna say um, at my school Tulsa. Like our, my position coach, he prides us on special teams. Uh, he was like, that's the way you're going to get on the field when you're like a freshman or you're a younger guy. And so I carried that on. And then, like, when we started practice, like, our first thing is, like, PAT field goal block. And he, like, preaches hard on or preached hard on us about blocking the first kick. So that's what we do, like, even, like, the outside guys, because everyone thinks, like, that's like a like a takeoff, like, play, like, where it doesn't really matter. No, like, at practice, like, we go hard on that. Like, our outside guys knew, like, to try to put hands on us because we're coming up to try to block that kick. And even the kicker was stressed out about it. So, yeah, I would say it's one of those things I just took pride in, like, at practice. You see me trying to block him. Sometimes I block him. Sometimes I won't. But just, like, when it came to the game situations, um, some teams didn't take it serious. It was like, yeah, I'm just out here. And me, I just get off on him, swat, uh, try to rip up on him, and then just extend my body and block the kick. Yeah, no. and did you do any uh, any returning at Tulsa? Uh, I, I couldn't find anything on it. Was that something that you would be open to, to doing? Yeah, it's something I'm open to doing. Um, when I was at Tulsa, I was a backup kick returner, but I never um, – I was always doing it in practice, but I never got into it in the game. So it's something I'm open to, and whatever that I'm having to put me in, I'm going to try it. Reggie, I'm curious. You know, we talked about you being a Saints fan. Um, did that, does that mean that you follow the NFL pretty closely? Were you a guy who, you know, watched football on Sundays and followed it throughout the week? Oh, yeah, I, I was watching it um, if I had the chance, but, like, most of the time I was either studying or just hanging out with friends. But, yeah, sure. I, I kept up with it, like, for a little part, a so little bit, yeah. The reason I ask you that is because around Cowboys Nation, you know, Cowboys fans, the cornerbacks have struggled to take the football away in Dallas for what seems like forever now. And there's been somewhat of a philosophy change this year because they, they draft you, who's been a guy who's been able to take the football away at Tulsa. They draft Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama in the second round, another guy who's been able to take the football away at Tulsa. Um, they put a greater emphasis on taking the football away. How important is getting interceptions to you? Uh, and what's that, you know, what, what is that? How are you going to be able to show that coming into training camp when it does happen that you can not only cover good, you can not only defend the run, but you can also take the football away and give the football back to that dynamic offense that we expect to see in Dallas? I'm about to say it's really important. I'm about to say, uh, my coach always told me, he was like, if you um, pat the ball down on first down, what is it? And I was like, I was like, I don't know, you're like second down. But if you take the ball away, you're getting it back to the office. So I was like, it's one of those things. <laughs> I, was, I always thought that was funny. But I was like, it's just one of those things that's really important just like to um, get off the field as quickly as possible and get the ball back into your office's hands. Um, I was like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I plan on doing. I was like, say, yeah, pass breaker was fine. But like my ultimate goal is to um, get the ball. And I plan on like just playing my tight coverage and then getting my head around, look for the ball any chance I get. And then I go from there. 
Do you think your instincts or your ball skills make you so good at taking the football away at Tulsa? Or both? I mean, but uh, which I one would you put ahead of the other? I, I was thinking a little bit of both. I think it um, happened to be my ball skill. I feel like my instincts are still kind of growing. I know, like, I know when it um, came to getting the ball, like, I really was, like, I was really just, like, trying to get my head around at any point to see where the ball was at, uh, trying to get my eyes on the quarterback and see, like, where he's about to throw the ball or just just, just watching, like, the receiver and seeing, like, his um, movements after I get on top of him and I secure him. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'd probably say, yeah, the ball skills part while my instincts are still – like, our instincts are great, but I feel like they're still, like, growing. So, I'll sure. put the ball skills ahead right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And when it comes to coverage, um, is there you know a, a type of technique um, alignment that you feel better with? Is it, are you more of a press man guy, off man guy? Do you like uh, playing you know in cover three, cover two? You know what what's where's your bread and butter in your opinion? Uh, my opinion, um, press man. <laughs> I like to get like right up in the face. Uh, and then just compete with them like right off the ball. I don't like them having too much space. How about that? I'd rather just like make it airtight right from the beginning. It's what I like to hear. It's what I like to hear. <laughs> and and it, it, that's obvious on tape. You see it with your length, with your physicality, with your size. It's all there. And then you kind of pair that with that athleticism. Um, have you always been that natural athlete growing up playing football, or is that something you kind of grew into later in your career? Um. So, yeah, I've always been, like, a, a natural athlete. I mean, when I was littler, when I was, when I was in Pee Wee, <laughs> I was more fat, but I was still one of the fastest <laughs> guys on the field. So, <laughs> I was playing mostly, like, linebacker. I was too big to run a ball, obviously. But, yeah, I've always been, like, um, like a big, fast guy. And then I kind of got slimmer as I got older. But, um, yeah, I'm about to say, I've always been pretty um, naturally athletic. And then just working, like, working, like, in the weight room also helped that. I mean, it's rare to see a guy that's you know over six foot, over two hundred pounds, with with your long arms, and then also being able to run in the you know four fours, and you know being able to jump thirty six inches and one hundred thirty two inches on the broad jump. Like your your testing at the combine was freaky, you know when you when you compare it with your size and uh, you know everything else that you bring to the table. Were were those numbers that you hit at the combine? Were those some of the better ones that you hit throughout the off season, or hit, did you hit some more even better numbers throughout your training? All right, so uh, with my broad jump, I feel like that, that was my goal the whole time was to hit 11 foot, and I was always getting close to it. I was always like 10, 11, or like when we had like a little, uh, we had a little, uh, a mock little um, combine, and I hit like a 10, 11 on that, and I was like, okay, well, at the combine, I have to hit 11 feet. So with that one, I feel like that was pretty good. Um, my vert was not what I wanted it to be. I, I think I was just kind of exhausted from the time, but because um, I'd hit like 39, so... 36 wasn't, like, good for me, but, I mean, it was still pretty good, so I wasn't right. too mad. Um, so, I didn't like the bench, too. I said the bench, like, that didn't surprise me. Um, we were hitting pretty close to that um, while we were training. And then, like, out there, got a little adrenaline rush, so it gave me a little one or two more. So, I was, I was pretty, like, all those numbers were, like, pretty much what I thought they were going to be. 
Yeah, so with that training, uh, where uh, where did you train at uh, leading up to the, the combine? I trained at uh, Michael Johnson Performance in McKinney, um, Texas. Oh, okay, nice, nice. Yeah, I was over there for uh, the media day when you guys were you guys were running through and doing all your drills and stuff. But I didn't didn't I don't think I realized you were there. Um, <laughs> and then now, are you just training? You know, home gym or or do you have a, a gym that you have a buddy open up for you? Like, how is that working during all this quarantine time? Oh, uh, so with that, like, I just go to uh, my high school since I'm I'm pretty close to my high school coaches still. So I just go to the high school and I just work out in the field. And I say as weights, I about to, I have some weights here that that keep me like good. But for the most part, I'm just working on my um, technique and my um my conditioning, which is a big thing. Yeah, so those are two things I work out when I uh, work on. When I go to the field and um work out. What's the biggest thing technically that you're trying to work out right now? Um, for the most part, I'm just trying to like um, make sure I'm staying low when I backpedal and like my transitions. I've been known to get high nose, and then they also like mess up uh, mess up a lot of different things when you're high. So it just trying to stay like a reasonable level and not get too high on my um, backpedals and transitions. Sounds like you read one of the few weaknesses I've, I've put in your scouting report that sometimes you play a little high and it might mess with your fluidity when you're changing directions and everything like that. So that's that's cool to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say that's uh something like I've been here for my coach. He was like, uh, he was like, um, you're a big corner, but you gotta stay low. I'm like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, we're just trying to like transition. He's like, look at this. He showed me on tape all the time. I'm like, okay, yeah, he was talking about. <laughs> that's that. Hey, seeing it and you know, because some people don't see it. Some people you'll say you say something like that, and they're like, no, I don't, I don't think that's an issue. So it's cool that you're able to kind of see that and know that that's something you got to improve on. Um, we don't want to keep you too much longer. You've been you've been an awesome guest, but uh, we'll get you out of here. I know you got a lot of things you're you're doing. Um, I did. We both read a story uh, by a DFW reporter, Clarence Hill, recently um, talking about mm-hmm. you being diagnosed being uh, deaf in your left ear when it was in third yep. grade. Is that correct? Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about that background and you know what came about with with how that happened and how you've kind of overcome some of those you know obstacles in your life with that. All right, so um, with that, like, like how it happened was, like, my mom was always, like, yelling at me because she thought I wasn't listening to her. She's like, what, you not hear me? So, like, <laughs> so, like um, I ended up getting checked by my school, and then that's when they found out, like, I was hearing impaired in my left ear. And so after that, like, I ended up getting a hearing aid, which I, I wore for, like, probably, like, a year, probably less, because, like, I ended up getting, like, all these questions about it. And as a kid, you don't want, like, people, sure. like, asking mm-hmm. about blah, blah, blah. And so, like... Like, me dealing with it, like, it hasn't affected me much. Like, every time someone finds out or every time someone's, like, trying to get on to you, I'm like, what? Like, I say what a couple times because, like, sometimes I just can't hear you. Because, like, if you're on, like, the wrong side, my left side, obviously, like, it's, like, harder to hear on that side. But, um, yeah, m- most things I get is, like, people, like, once I tell them, they be, like, they try to whisper in that ear, like, like I still can't, like, hear completely. But um, that's been cool about, say, I, I usually deal with it by, like, turning, like, to my right ear or tilting myself in a direction where I can hear you better. Um, it really hasn't impacted me on the field too much, like, during my college um, days because, uh, one, like, most of my teammates knew. So they knew, like, they either yelled me to call, but most of the time our signals were hand signals anyway, so I knew those from off rip. But um, it, it's been, like, somewhat of a challenge, but it's, it's not as big as you think. I'm about to say, I, I live pretty normally. And is it just uh, is it just a loss of hearing, or do you have any, like, tinnitus where you get ringing in your ears or anything like that? Um, so it's 
for the most part, I think it's like the loss of hearing. Like I can hear gotcha. like bass things, like bass things for the most part. It's like the treble of people's voices. So I would always like hear what someone's talking, but I wouldn't be always like to like uh, get like what they're saying out of it. And then I mean, I think look, like the ringing doesn't happen to everybody for, from time to time. Like your ears just start ringing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> So now, I, I want to say, like, I have that, like, medically, but, I mean, they do ring sometimes, but that's both of them. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it, really, I, we were just curious if it's something that, you know, impacted you on the field, you know, we're, you know, getting calls or, or getting, you know, audibles in or defense alignments, whatever, if it ever, you know, tra- you know, hampered your ability to do those things. But it sounds like you got a good grip on it and you, you got it figured out. Yep. Yeah, so uh, I think my last question here is that you go through your, your history, your historical on your, your Tulsa bio here, and it goes through all of your different pictures. So I have to ask, are you <laughs> going to keep growing out your hair? Because I've, I've talked to a lot of dudes that, you know, they'll, they'll grow their hair out their entire college career and then they'll cut it when they get to the NFL. Are you keeping it or are you, are you cutting it off? <laughs> It's, it's actually crazy that you asked that because that's been something I've been thinking about this whole time. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because I'm just in quarantine. Like, I don't know if that's just something like I'm thinking, like, no, I'm bored. I should probably cut my dreads off. How would that look? But, <laughs> but I, I, I've been seriously considering. I think I'm going to give it, like, to after quarantine. I really have my mind right on if I'm going to cut them off. But it, I, I think I might. <laughs> I, no, I think that's a good idea. I think you really got to get back into the world and let it ride for a little bit and think you know if you still want to chop it off after that you can do that um but but don't make any rash decision once you're able to go get a haircut (laughs) i got a few i got just a couple more questions for you and we'll get you out of here um i'm just curious is there a a you know we talked about the turnover of the cowboys secondary you know bringing in some new coaches new new players new philosophies and taking the you know ball away but um growing up watching football was there any defensive back that's played for the cowboys that you kind of you know modeled your game after and maybe not even a cowboy maybe somebody just in the nfl that you kind of model your game after and you kind of you 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 not copy their their tendencies but you kind of model like i said model your game after is probably the best way to put it um, I'll be honest, like, um, no, I was say when I was, when I was younger, like I, I watched football from time to time, but I really didn't understand it. So I was just kind of just like, I watched like with my dad, just, you know, be on some, uh, I just like to hang out with my dad and stuff like that. But I, I didn't think, I mean, obviously he wasn't watching too much Cowboys football too, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I, no, no, it wasn't anyone. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Last question I got for you. Then we'll get you out of here, man, is, um, you know, I like to ask this question in all our podcasts, but you know, Cowboys Nation, they're getting a new guy in the fourth round to come in, you know, play cornerback, you know, maybe even some safety. Um, I think that the, the fan base is extremely excited about what you bring to the table with your physical and athletic traits. Uh, what are they getting in Reggie Robinson on the field, but also what are they going to get in Reggie Robinson off the field, you know, doing work in the community or, or what he's going to do off the field to help, you know, build that Cowboys brand? All right, so on the field, they're getting, like, the player, like, I about to say, like, um, I'm coming in and I'm trying to be a start off back. I was I'm trying to be the best player I can be. I'm about to say if they have me at corner, I'm gonna play the best I can, play safety the best that I can. Like I'm just trying to be all around like the best person. I'm I'm trying to be one of the best to come to um Dallas. I was especially it being so close to home. I was I got a lot of people on my back already. I have some support so they're just gonna fuel me even more. Um and as for the player off the field, I'm about to say man, I'm about to say I'm trying to do some community work anytime I can. I'm about to say whenever it fits to my schedule. 
and then just like just trying to be engaged with the community as much as I can. Awesome, man. We really appreciate your time, Reggie, and uh, hopefully maybe we can get you back on, you know, the closer we get to training camp and you start getting in this these positional battles and, and fighting with some of these receivers. We'd love to have you back on. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. This is Reggie Robinson, Cowboys fourth-round pick out of Tulsa. Thanks so much, Reggie, for coming on. We'll see you guys next time on Talking the Draft. We want to thank Neville and Reggie for coming on. Uh, that was a lot of fun having two Cowboys draft picks. Neville was drafted in the third round. Reggie Robinson drafted in the fourth round. Uh, two players who we think are going to come in and make a big impact on the Cowboys defense this year. Um, we had a lot of fun talking to those guys. Hopefully we're going to talk to, again, talk to them again soon in the future when things get back to normal. Dalton, you got anything you want to add before we get out of here? Man, uh, it was a lot of fun. We've been doing big things here at Blogging the Boys with getting all these interviews. It's not just us. It's the other podcasts as well. Uh, so if you are you know, a subscriber to Blog the Boys and you kind of just listen to us, don't. I mean, yeah. obviously listen to us as well. But listen to those other podcasts, man. They're really, really good. Yep, we got some more things in store too, some more players coming on soon, hopefully. So check out our podcast, check out the girls and the boys, check out I mean there's so many there's so many good uh there's so many good podcasts on the blogging the the Ocho, uh Bruise and the Boys. There's so many good podcasts to listen to. So listen to all those. Uh check out all these interviews. You 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 can't I mean again, it's it's just information that you can't miss out on. There's so many cool little tidbits that these players gives us that we don't even know or didn't even know before they were drafted. So if you're interested in seeing where these guys are going to line up and what they're going to do on defense or offense or wherever, make sure you check these out because you pick up a lot of information and it makes you a smarter fan. And that's what we're hoping we're doing here. So uh, we want to thank everybody so much for continuing to listen. The, the, the numbers that we're getting back from, you know, some of the some of the numbers that we're getting back from the, the viewerships and subscribers is just absolutely tremendous. Uh, we can't really even put into words how thankful for we are for you guys checking this podcast out and all the other podcasts out throughout this difficult time. So thanks so much for listening. We hope you come back and listen again. We're talking the draft. We'll see you guys next time.